It's a little slice of heaven. It's the Ricardo Project of 1927. I mean, 2022. Oh, God, that's one of my worst intros ever. Hi, it's the Ricardo Project. We're talking about Ricky loses his voice. Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome to the Ricardo Project, the podcast where we watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. My name is Dana. I'm so glad you've joined me today. I just recorded this entire episode and then my computer crashed and I lost it. So I'm going again. <laughs> oh boy, what a day. Um, it was a really good recording too. So please, I hope that this one's just as good. Ay, ay, ay. So today we are talking season two, episode nine, Ricky Loses His Voice, which premiered 70 years ago on December 1st, 1952. But before we get into the episode, I would love to share a little bit about what I've been up to and one of the reasons why uh, these episodes have been delayed. I was working on launching a project, which is to say that there is now a merch shop that you can go to and by I Love Lucy merch that has been designed by me. It's not Ricardo Project merch, so there's nothing that has like my face on it. It's all specific to I Love Lucy and to classic TV. So currently I have three designs up. One is very simple. It just says Lucy, Ricky, Ethel, Fred are, you know, fab four that comes on all sorts of items. And then I have two Vitamita Vegemin ones. One says Vitamita Vegemin spoon your way to health. And the second is the same logo, but instead it says happy peppy person. And really that's where this all came from. I just really wanted to have a piece of merch that said happy peppy person that didn't feel like really gaudy or have like a bunch of, you know, screen printed pictures of the episode on it. I wanted I Love Lucy merch and classic TV merch that felt a little more modern, a little more simple, a little more inside baseball. And so I designed a couple things for myself, and I thought maybe you all would like to have some as well. The holidays are approaching, and um, I just thought it would be fun, and it, and it has been fun. I'm working on a couple more designs. If there's anything specific you would like, please let me know. If you would like to take a look at those designs, you can see them on a story highlight on my Instagram, at The Ricardo Project. You can see all three of the designs and they come on all sorts of things. If there's something you'd like it on and um, you don't see it like, oh, I wanted, uh, you know, I'd love this specific kind of shirt or I'd love a hoodie sweatshirt instead of a crew neck sweatshirt, let me know. I can easily publish that product into the shop for you. Um, It's very simple. So anyway, I just wanted to let you all know about that. The link for that shop called Funny Girls, which is kind of a new passion project of mine, is in the show notes and I will continue to put new designs with classic TV on them. I'm already working on a couple honoring the other women of classic comedy television, as well as a happy little loaf onesie for those of you who have been around for a while from pioneer women. Um, we are going to make baby onesies that say happy little loaf on them. And I'm really excited about it. I just have to get some artwork done. So that's my shameless plug for that. It's a great way to support the podcast um, while also getting something that you hopefully really like. So take a look. Let me know what you think. If there's something you think is missing or an idea for a design that you'd like to share, I'm happy to get that going for you. And I think there's a discount in the shop because I just launched it. I think it's like 15% off. 
Anyway, let's get into the episode. I don't want to take up any more of your time. So we are treated to Ricky at the piano as this episode opens. He's singing with his tie loose. He's practicing. He's hamming it up. This is peak sex appeal Desi Arnaz. As long as I live, I will never understand how it took me this long to come to the conclusion that Desi Arnaz is like the thirst trap of all thirst traps. I remember when I was young and I found out that he had cheated on Lucille Ball. And I remember thinking like, how could you ever cheat on Lucille Ball? She's so beautiful, which I stand by. But when you're a little kid, you're obviously not watching it and being like, wow, they're really attractive. But now as a grown up, I'm like, damn. Like to me, she was super glamorous. So she was gorgeous and he was just like a goober. But um, as an adult, no, they were both super smoking hot. That's all I have to say about that. The thirst trap ends early because Ricky has a sore throat, so he's going home. So we're quickly back at East 68th Street, and Lucy is just getting home when Ethel tells her that her new furniture from the last episode has come, and she had them put everything in the apartment. So they rush in to see it. The old furniture is also there, so it's kind of chaotic. So um, they start rearranging. They get the old stuff out. They place the new stuff. I got to say, it looks way better than the old stuff. Much more modern, um, cleaner lines, a little less stuffy. Really, really big upgrade. We get this really funny bit when Fred comes in and Lucy asks him to move a few little pieces of furniture to the basement, only to open the door and reveal that there's like this mountain of stuff, which quickly begins to move because Ricky had to climb through it like a jungle gym to get home. He doesn't react big enough. Uh, to the new furniture for Lucy's sake. And um, I don't know if this is all husbands or if my husband and Ricky Ricardo are just similar, but my poor husband has really had to learn to uh, be extra excited when I show him something I picked out for our home because I've gotten mad at him before. But just as I would, Lucy lets that go when he says that he doesn't feel well. But the goodwill of not feeling well quickly goes away because he makes Lucy get him aspirin and he's super whiny about it. Like, get your own aspirin, you little baby. Uh, He's so stressed because the Tropicana has a new owner. He's working on a show to impress him. But being sick at least means that Lucy won't be able to pester him about being cast in his show, he says. So the next morning, Ethel comes to check in. Lucy says that Ricky is acting like he's dying. And we have this really cute little side scene where they make fun of of their husbands for being ridiculous while sick. We find out that Fred was the worst husband ever when Ethel broke her ankle the year before. And he was telling her walking and fixing his breakfast would make the bone heal. And days like this, it is hard to be a Fred Mertz apologist. From the bedroom, Ricky wine calls for Lucy, who saunters in uh, to her sick hubby and he's asking her to look at his throat and he's just being a big baby and she is teasing him to death. Um, She even dresses up as a surgeon since he's being so dramatic and he tries singing Baba Lou. She calls it Baba Lousy. I know that's a stupid joke, but when I tell you I laughed so hard I had to pause. I mean, I don't know if motherhood's just made me more of a dork or what, but I thought that was so funny. (laughs) So she insists on giving him some breakfast, but he says, no, he couldn't possibly. So she says she's going to just at least bring him some orange juice and he ends up ordering a full breakfast after all, because of course he does. Later, the Mertzes come in to check on him again. And Lucy says that the doctor has come by and turns out he has a virus and he's not allowed to talk for a week if he wants to do this new show of his. So Lucy goes in to give him some medication. He has a chalkboard to write on. He writes no in big letters when she tries to give him his medicine. 
She says she's going to treat him like a child if he wants to act that way. So she plugs his nose until he opens his mouth and then she pours it in. And he fights it so hard that he spills and she really chastises him. She's definitely preparing for her role as mother. (laughs) Um, And now, you know, even though Ricky was being a big baby and wanting to be babied by Lucy, now he's all mad because he wants to rehearse. And Lucy decides she's going to go to the Tropicana in the world's most amazing jacket to talk to the new owner, Mr. Chambers, about the show and ask him to do it. But right before she leaves, he calls and he lets her know that he has to go out of town and she, he, he can't wait to see the show when he gets back. And Lucy realizes that she can't ask Mr. Chambers to stage the show. Ricky can't stage the show. So she's going to stage the show to help him out. Which Ethel, of course, thinks is a ridiculous idea until Lucy says that she and Fred should perform in it. So Lucy convinces the doctor to make Ricky stay in bed till opening night. You know, just so he doesn't get in the way. And Fred comes in with his old vaudeville act from Jamestown, New York, the Flapper Follies of 1927. And we all know that Lucy McGillicuddy is from Jamestown, New York, slash Celeron, New York, which is right next to Jamestown. So it's plausible that young Lucille McGillicuddy went to see Fred Mertz, her buddy, in the Flapper Follies of 1927. Although, to be fair, it might have been too risque. She might not have been allowed as a young child. But I like to imagine that that happened. I think that would be fun. So Fred mentions that the showgirls for this were all stunning, and he called them all. They're all still available. I would go see this in a second. As we know from the operetta, I love community theater where people are not the appropriate age for the role they're playing, and they're doing it with chutzpah. I think it is the most fun thing ever. And I would love to go see a show with a bunch of older showgirls. I think that would be hilarious and delightful. So now we're at the Tropicana, and Ricky's better. He looks great. He's singing. The showgirls come in. They're a bit older than might be helpful. (laughs) They can't dance anymore. It's very funny. Like, their joints are all stiff. None of their outfits match. Ricky powers through, and then they have him start the next number. And the Mertzes come out, and they're singing Carolina in the morning. And I know it's not young. It's not sexy. But it's adorable. They're so charismatic. Vivian Vance and William Frawley are selling that they love each other. And you can just really see the star power of these two performers in this number. They're older. They're a little ricketier. But I would love to see the full vaudeville performance of Fred and Ethel Mertz at this age or any age. I think it would have been a delight. Next, the showgirls introduce Lucy's number. She comes out in a flapper outfit. She looks amazing. She has this great hat on. She plays the ukulele and sings, Has Anybody Seen My Gal? She's off-key, but it's not presented as though this is like some show-ruining off-keyness. It's just how her voice is. It's not good, but it's delightful, if that makes any kind of sense. The Tropicana audience is clapping really hard. They all love this number, except for Ricky. But before he can say anything, the showgirls then announce that it's time for the Charleston. And Fred, Ethel, Lucy, and Mr. Chambers, the owner, come out and they start Charlestoning. And once Ricky sees that Mr. Chambers is having a good time, there's he can't be mad. So he joins in. He does this fun little knee move. And that is the episode. So if you're ready for a huge Ricardo Project confession, I've said this entire time that I've seen every single episode of the show more than once. I have no memory of this episode. I don't think I ever saw it. I think this was my first time seeing it. I think there was one episode of I Love Lucy I missed, and it was this one. 
it was shocking. As I was watching it, I was like, I've never seen this. I've never seen this. I, I, the chalkboard image was in my head. Like I remembered it, but I didn't remember anything else. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. It was so cool actually to see an episode of I Love Lucy I'd never seen before. You know, I think a lot of us, we watch it for the nostalgia and we watch it over and over and over again. But what, like, what a delight if you'd been told suddenly that there was one you had missed, you know? It was so fun. And I really loved this episode. I thought that the end scene at the Tropicana was super fun. I thought structurally it was all rise. They did a really good job of raising the stakes, you know, steadily. Um, it really didn't drop. It wasn't boring. It was super fun. It it really sailed. And most of all, I really love episodes where we see that Lucy isn't always the mess. You know what it is? It's important to remember that Ricky is also lucky. Sometimes there's a martyrification of Ricky Ricardo, this like long-suffering husband of this like wacky wife. And I really appreciate that this episode gives Lucy Ricardo multiple opportunities to be the savior to her husband. She is the one who takes care of him when he's sick. He's the one who's being ridiculous and childlike while she is the adult in the room. And she saves the show. It, she she takes it over and it's ridiculous and silly, but at the end of the day, it's a huge success. And I think that is a really important thing every now and then for us all to be reminded that Yes, Lucy is wacky and daffy and super fun, but she is also a really capable person. I feel like lesser writers would have the naivete of Lucy Ricardo still super present in this moment. I think this is a really realistic portrayal of a relationship. Lucy Ricardo has areas in which she's very calm, she's very powerful, she's very strong, she's very confident. It's just not as funny to see that. And so we are more familiar with the version of Lucy Ricardo that's a little more brazen, a little more willing to take risks that won't pan out, a little um, daffier. So it's really refreshing, actually, to have a few episodes that provide that kind of antidote that show us that, you know, it's not like Ricky just married a lunatic and it was like, she's crazy, but I love her. He married someone who has a lot of skill and who's very, you know, capable in many, many areas who just also happens to be really, really fun and kind of wacky. And I think that this provides a really great, well-rounded character arc. And I'm really appreciative that they did that, that they gave Desi Arnaz the opportunity to play the kind of comic foil, that they gave Lucille Ball the opportunity to play the straight man isn't really the right word because she's still kind of pitching most of the jokes, but to play a different side of Lucy Ricardo. I think it's really successful and I super love it. It reminds me a little bit of the episode where Lucy goes to the hospital to give birth to little Ricky and um, Ricky is just freaking out and, and Lucy Ricardo is so calm and so confident and, and um, relaxed about it. She's just like, calm down. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. There's nothing to freak out about. And Ricky is completely panicking. And I, I like episodes where they they flip the the dynamic we're used to on its head and remind us that these people are, you know, multifaceted. It keeps it from getting to one note is what I'm saying. So highly recommend. I loved this episode. I'll probably watch it again this week. So let's get into some historical notes. So we talked about Carolina in the morning. Turns out William Frawley was actually the vaudevillian who performed this number. So this was kind of his signature number. And I love, I love that they brought it back and they had it be like Fred Mertz's signature number as well. I thought that was super fun. 
Mr. Chambers was played by Arthur Q. Bryan, who was a voice actor who um, most notably voiced Elmer Fudd, which is just super fun. I love that all these classic voice actors are coming in. I'm assuming it's because of My Favorite Husband, that because all the writers were part of a radio show that they just knew these these folks because voice actors were just radio stars at the time. This was the last episode that was filmed before we started filming all the pregnancy and flashback episodes that would lead up to the birth of little Ricky and then would come after the birth of little Ricky as a um, like maternity leave uh, airing schedule. And you can definitely see that Lucy's pregnant. She's been kind of noticeably pregnant for the last couple episodes, very early. I don't think it would be noticeable if you didn't know it was coming, but you can tell. And then finally, I just want to shout out two of the showgirls. So there's one showgirl who had the funniest moment in the episode for me, which was she kind of draped herself over Ricky when she came out and screamed in this high-pitched voice, I'm an angel. I rewatched it like six times. It's so funny. I mean, genuinely hilarious. And that was played by none other than Hazel Pierce, who we've talked about before as recently as last week. She was Lucy Standen, and she showed up in, I believe, 16 episodes of the series. And then, of course, we're always on Barbara Pepper Watch, and she is one of the showgirls in this. She's the curvier blonde showgirl, and I always love seeing her. As we know, Barbara Pepper was um, a dear friend of Lucille Ball from her days um, in the studio system in Hollywood, and she really struggled with alcoholism as a result of her husband's untimely passing. And so she was not able to be a recurring character on the show. She was one of the options for Ethel Mertz, but they just, they, they just couldn't clear her to do that. So Lucy brought her in multiple times to play lots of different characters and give her a paycheck. And I always love seeing her and she is around quite a bit, uh, this season and next season, especially. So always nice to see her. So the next episode that we're watching, it's happening, is Lucy is Enceinte, which is the episode in which Lucy finds out that she's pregnant and tells Ricky. And it is my favorite. We're we're approaching my favorite series of episodes. The pregnancy episodes are by far my favorite episodes of the show. They're the ones I've seen the most. Um, but I think this is my favorite episode of the show. And um, I'm just so excited to watch it. And I'm so excited to talk about it with all of you. I know that people really love the Chocolate Factory episode. I know people love Vitamina Vegemin, but to me, this is everything I love about I Love Lucy. I cannot wait to watch it. Here's the log line, just in case you don't know. When Lucy finds out she's pregnant, she tries to prepare the perfect moment to tell Ricky, but she keeps getting interrupted. Eventually, she has to tell him at the Tropicana when she has him sing a song for her. And that's as best I can do because if you haven't seen this episode, which I don't know why you'd be on this podcast, if you haven't, I'm not going to give too much away, but definitely my favorite scene in the series, if not my absolute favorite episode entirely. I'm so excited to watch it. I'm going to cry so hard. If you enjoyed this episode, please take the time to rate and review it on Apple podcasts, tell a friend about it. Those are the absolute best ways to help the show. If you would like to support the show financially, you can buy a book on the bookshop link in the episode notes. You can buy any of the merch designs that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. You can submit a one-time donation via PayPal. There's lots of different ways to support the show, to get something out of it, and to make sure that it can continue. 
If you'd like to get in touch for any reason whatsoever, I'd be honored to hear from you. You can reach me at thericardoproject.gmail.com or on Instagram at the Ricardo Project. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in just a few days for Lucia's Ensemble.